to the glory in our stories. On this episode, we'll be talking with Andrea Harris. Again, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is episode 24 of The Glory in Our Stories. I am interviewing uh, my fiance's sister, Andrea Harris, who is number three, mm-hmm. number three in the lineup um, as far as in reference to her siblings. Um, Andrea and Megan Perry, that's it, right? We'll be uh, getting married June 3rd. 2nd. June 2nd. Um, she is away um, in, where is she again? Kuwait. Kuwait. In Kuwait. Um, I think she's, is she still considered active duty? No. Uh, what it, she was never active. She was in the reserves and um, she deployed with the reserves mm-hmm. before, but right now she's um, deployed as a contractor, government contractor. And for so so far, she's been gone. Um, she left October, is that right? Yes. So um, she'll be back in time, obviously, for the wedding. And then she has to head back. Right. And then she'll be back again in October for good? Yes. Now, if you all were married, well, she would have had to stay longer? Or does that no. play a factor in that? No, because she's a contractor. So okay. um, it's just however long... She signed a contract for, and she signed a contract for a year. So, um, we wouldn't have been able to go with her mm-hmm. anyway, and um, she would have had to stay for that long because that's what the contract said. Yeah, um, Andrea was just telling me about you know some sad news uh, pertaining to Megan's um, dog that's actually here with the family but that is no longer with us um having to deal with stuff like that and being away knowing that things are happening at home mm-hmm. i know it can be a little bit sometimes overwhelming because there's nothing you could physically do right and um and i'm pretty certain that um andrea will probably get more into that as far as experiencing that having your fiance so far away and having to, but uh, I'm pretty sure y'all have done this before. Yes. Um, but I'm certain that it's not easy every single time. No. Um, so, but before we get into that, um, if you could tell us, because I know and it's funny because you always, uh, mom, your mom was into the military, so y'all have been hopping around since forever. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Adrian, she told me she was born in Germany. Right. So where were you all born? Where, in reference to you, where were you born? I was born in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. And where was um, Ariel was number two? Two. And where was she born? She was also born in San Antonio, but um, the youngest was born in Dallas, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the three of us are Texas. So where did you... What was most of your childhood spent? Or was it scattered around? It was scattered around. We were, Well, we were in Texas until I was maybe six or seven. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Japan for three years. 
And then we came back to Georgia. So we got back to Georgia in 99, I think. And um, we've been here ever since. I was like 12 or something like that. No, 99, that doesn't add up. <laughs> so I was nine. Really? Wow. Nine plus. Hold on. Because I was. That's right. I was six. See, all the six years apart. You and. Adrian. Yeah. Mm hmm. So 99. Because I remember being in middle school and then starting high school in 2000. So to hear you all say 1999, because we got here in 1990. Okay. And for some reason, I just thought you all were here this entire time. And mm -hmm. see, I've only been here almost, what, what, hold on, 99, 10 years? No, also 20. Yeah. 20 years. Almost 20. Wow, bad math, Calvin. Good job. Um, Me too, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what, how was, do you remember being in Japan? Yes. Uh, how was that? It was great. Um we got to do all kind of stuff like we went to cultural events we went to Sanrio Hello Kitty Land mm -hmm. and Tokyo Disney and um, they had different kind of animals in their zoos mm -hmm. and aquariums and things like that and I remember that's where I discovered the okapi what's that? it's like half zebra half horse really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like legs are zebra, mm -hmm. and then its head is zebra, but its like main body portion part is just brown, and it's horse. And it's funny. It sounds like something that could be drawn up in Playstore Cartoon Network. Right. And I'm trying to to picture it, and because we're so used to seeing the standard zebra. Mm -hmm. um, but this is an actual hybrid that exists. Mm -hmm. Does it make the same noise as a as a zebra? Or I, I mean, I would assume so. Horses and zebras <laughs> make similar noises. So. Yeah. But I just remember that was because I was young. So mm -hmm. that's what we did. We went to the zoo and yeah. things like that was school. And um, I remember our grandparents came to visit us in Japan too mm -hmm. and I remember my grandmother being there when I first saw an okapi <laughs> wow. she was a great lady and um, how she um, how, how many years has it been since she's passed been there? um I'm not sure I'm trying to think of where I was. I think it was 2012. No. So I got in the army out of... I got out of the army in 2012, so... Had to be 2014. Wow. So four years. So when was the last time you physically saw her? Like face to face? Oh, jeez. She came to our house in Main Street once. So they, they actually came here to America? Oh, yeah. 
How many times did they were they able to visit? Um, I don't know about how many times because when mm. they did come, they would travel and meet up with all their kids. Yeah. So they would like um, they would greyhound bus. Oh, nice. Everywhere, and so they would take the greyhound so they could see everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so my aunt lived in D.C. We were in Texas for a lot of the time, but they did come to Georgia, mm-hmm. and um, we have an uncle in Washington State, an uncle in Colorado, so they would just, I mean, they would go everywhere, because all their kids were military too, so mm-hmm. where they went changed. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are listening... Um Andrew's um, grandparents are Fili- Filipino, and so is her mom, of course, um, which makes Andrew half black, half Filipino. Mm-hmm. And it just um, it warms my heart knowing that your parent, well, your grandparents, can have the opportunity to come over here. That's a that's a long trip. Mm-hmm. And I know your mom and her parents. Well, your mom and your aunt and your uncles had to, of course, go back. Um, because of the uh, the recent death of her of your grandfather mm-hmm. and um that trip in itself I know it had a lot of weight to it um the concept of grandparents is is an is an enigma to me because I never knew what that felt like I did in a sense, but the more I listened to you and uh, Adrian and about how you all they relate the 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 um the connection that you had with them, especially the grandmother. Mm-hmm. It just it sounds like this this magical experience that can't be replaced. Like there's nothing like it. Right. I mean, you obviously have your relationship with your mom, but with your grand your grandparent, who's very significant, not just in your life, but in just who she is and what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's become this iconic figure, and I was telling. Um, Adrian, that if there was anybody that I probably would have been scared <laughs> to confront as far as receiving blessings, it would have been y'all's grandmother. Um, she seems to be the uh, the cornerstone oh, of, yeah. of the family. Um, but as far as you all growing up within you all's family dynamic, just being four sisters, how was that? Like that at any point did you wish you had a brother? Thrown in, thrown in the mix. Um, <laughs> Ariel was our brother. <laughs> I figured that. <laughs> um, Ariel, believe it or not, was super tomboyish when mm-hmm. we were growing up. She had the longest hair, but she was also the one running out of the house with no shirt on. Wow. Um, so I never really wished for a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got one. I don't remember what year. My little brother Elijah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I, I had to be maybe twelve when he was born, and now he's all grown, <laughs> playing football and stuff. When was the last time you seen him? Oh, jeez. It's been a long time. I haven't seen him 
since I was pregnant with a Mihan, and a Mihan is eight. So <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So how many siblings do y'all have other than you, Ariel, and Anisi? According or well, in reference to your dad. Um, I'm pretty sure my dad has like seven kids, including you all. Yes. So there's Angel. I'm gonna count Adrian, even though they're not biological. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariel, me, Nisi, Elijah. Oh, and then the two fresh and a more. That's eight kids. Wow. My dad has eight kids. <laughs> And one of them's a baby. Like a little baby. Or he's like one or two now. But oh wow. He's still pretty fresh yeah. to the world. That's to think about that in reference to like if our fathers. If I have young kids like that, I think mm-hmm. um, my youngest sister is she may be twenty, but I remember when she was still in high school and I was out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of weird. Do you think like your parents look too old to be having kids? <laughs> but you know, it's the times have changed. Um, but as far as like how how did things look from your perspective when you look back on how you all grew up? Because I know all of y'all have y'all totally different, vastly different. Mm-hmm. But you overlap in certain areas. Um, but I'm only used to. Adrian's perspective because she's the oldest right which is odd because I'm the youngest so mm-hmm. when she speaks about certain things I'm like I can understand that to a little bit to a certain extent mm-hmm. but I lean more towards Nisi's point of view because mm-hmm. it's that that baby mentality where the older siblings were it's, it seems like they never understand how independent we can be mm-hmm. but they're going to always view us from a uh, protective standpoint Um, but I'm curious as to so that means because being number three three doesn't really it's like you're sort of in the middle yep but you and Ariel are basically one middle child in a sense Mm -hmm. but how does but how did that look from your from your perspective growing up with your sisters um Adrian was when we were really little we called her sissy Mm-hmm. So we didn't even address her by Adrian. We <laughs> called her sissy. Yeah. And um, then there was Ariel, who was close in age to me. And she was right above me. And then Nisi was right below me. So um, growing up, me and Nisi did a lot of tag teaming mm-hmm. against mostly Ariel. Because in Japan, Adrian couldn't come with us yeah. because of her diabetes. Mm-hmm. So, um, she wasn't there. There's like a gap in her presence in my childhood. Yeah. I mean, we went to visit her and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, as for everyday life, she wasn't part of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, me and Nisi teamed up on Ariel a lot. And um, 
that pretty much happened until I got into high school. <laughs> so I, of course, I heard about the iconic um, brawl that was between um, Adrian and Ariel. Ariel. Were you there? No, because I had left. Because I... I've heard the story too and <laughs> as the story goes I was leaving and Adrian asked why I was leaving mm-hmm. and I said you know Ariel kicked me out of the den yeah. and um, her and her friends kicked me out of the den kicked me and my friends out of the den so um, I guess Adrian was tired of putting up with Ariel's crap. Ariel was... When we were teenagers... Mm-hmm. Ariel was... She was ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. It was... I mean... It was bad. <laughs> it was bad for all of us. For everyone involved. Yeah. Including my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, one time... <laughs> I don't remember what Ariel did because I was I was always kind of like the weird kid anyway. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind touching dead animals, <laughs> so Ariel did something to make me really mad. And so me and my friends we went walking to the store, and I found a dead bird on the side of the road. So I picked it up and I said, "You know what? I'm gonna do something with this. I'm gonna <laughs> get her back." And so I put the bird. In Ariel's bed and it was there for at least two days but I think it was there for three days before she found it and she found it in the middle of the night I guess her foot brushed it Mm -hmm. and she threw the covers off and was freaking out and screaming and my mom came upstairs and was like banging on my door and was like what did you do (laughs) and I I laughed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you didn't smell it it didn't smell it was dead bird oh know. man that would have uh, that would have freaked me out I think once my cousin and I found a bird and I think it was freshly dead oh and we found a butter knife and yeah we started like moving his intestines around and stuff and in hindsight, I was like, that, is, that was so not cool. But it was just one of those weird things where you're like, oh, a bird. Mm-hmm. And it's dead. Now we can play with it. Which, you know, wasn't a good idea. But, um, oh, man, that was so disgusting. Um, so, <laughs> so at this point, do you, when you were younger, did we all like close-knit? Did you find it, did you find it was easy to come to them? Or if you had like an issue or a problem or were y'all um, in your own worlds at that point? I think we were in our own worlds. Um, I, I mostly think about being teenagers when mm-hmm. I think of like, I don't know, all of us being together in the same house. Mm-hmm. Um I think we were all kind of in our own worlds. Um, me and Nisi shared a room for a while until Adrian moved out. And then Nisi got Adrian's old room. 
But before that, it was just me and Nisi all the time. And Ariel had her own room. And um, Adrian had graduated from high school. Ariel was in high school. And I was in middle school. And Nisi was in elementary school. And so we kind of, we were all in different in different places yeah. in our lives so we just kind of just lived together hmm. sharing a bathroom oh this oh yeah four of you yes how did that work out um we got yelled at a lot <laughs> the younger ones for because yeah. you know when you're younger you don't really no one's taught you how to be courteous in a shared space. Yeah. So, I remember getting in trouble for, like, this is going to sound really gross, but, like, <laughs> for, like, used pads not mm-hmm. being disposed of the right way. Yeah. Like, not wrapped in toilet paper, just thrown in the trash instead. Mm-hmm. So. I, uh, my sisters, my family, because this is them three and me, hid that from me for a very long time. Never knew that women underwent cycles. Did not, I was like, well, I just thought you were just like me. You're just a female. Mm-hmm. So it was one day that I opened the uh, cupboard under the sink. And I was like, There's, why is there another trash can? We, only, we already have one. <laughs> so I look in there. I said, oh, it's just toilet paper. And then I was like, oh, so that's what that is. So they've just been disposing of it, you know, under there, opposed to putting it in the trash. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of time, I knew that they would consume most of the time in the morning. So I would have to take my showers at night. And I knew it wasn't going to take me long mm-hmm. uh, to get ready for school. But it was usually them two in the bathroom um, all morning, especially as they got older and they started doing their hair. Oh, yeah. And makeup, and you have to make sure your ensemble looks nice. And and I'm like, all I need to do is just put on deodorant, put on a shirt, put clothes on, and just go. And But growing up, and I, I figured that would have been obviously different if it was just a bunch of women. My way around that was... I went to bed every day at like 9 o'clock and the house needed to be quiet at 9 o'clock or else I would flip out (laughs) and um, so I went to bed at 9 o'clock which is pretty early for like a 15 year old Yeah. because I woke up at 4 o'clock. Naturally? Oh no I had an alarm clock. Oh even so that's too early for me. I woke up at 4 o'clock so I could get ready for the day. Because I straightened my hair, I did my Mm -hmm. makeup, you know, shower, all that stuff. Every morning before school, which is insane to me now (laughs) as an adult. I I would rather pay someone to straighten my hair now, but I used (laughs) to do it every day in high school. So when you got to... um... But I was I was telling you and Adrian about how I've been watching Gossip Girl, and 
it's given me insight to what goes on in a high school setting from a female perspective. Because mm-hmm. from a guy who's was a natural introvert, I didn't I only saw things from the outside, but I didn't really pay attention in detail. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know for me that was it's a blur. Like I don't I don't remember most things that happened. I remember the I remember getting in trouble a few times because that was I was transitioning from elementary to high school and it was that time where you were viewed as being immature mm-hmm. so you're like well so what am I going to do I have to straighten up somehow and that's what happened I got stuck but I know for for, for girls it's it's like it's like hell um, because there's so much that you have to, to deal with um, your self worth uh, self esteem fitting in so how was how was that for you because I'm pretty certain at this time you were developing your own clique of friends yes yeah um in high school I was like a rocker chick mm-hmm. I had I made this group of friends in art class my freshman year it was first period first day of high school we were assigned seats at this table in art class mm-hmm. and no one in the whole room spoke for like the first three days and then one day our group we had like a project or something where Mm -hmm. we had to come up with something together and um we found out that we all really get along like (laughs) really really well yeah Uh, we were into the same kinds of music like everything so we would go to rock shows together mm-hmm. and we called our table the island <laughs> and um yeah that was really good times um so yeah they were like i said i was a freshman so they were all older than me mm-hmm. and um so I, they didn't know we were freshmen until halfway through the year because I guess we were so cool, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, those were my friends. We were rocker kids. We were weird kids, mm-hmm. you know. So y'all still friends today? Oh, no. 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 So um, uh, what? So um, at what point did things just start? I guess, falling off, in a sense. Um, well, you know, people graduate and then you don't hear from them because you don't see them every day. Yeah. But um, that's what happened to, like, maybe three of them. Um, and then Jessica's... She was my best friend. Mm-hmm. Jessica's brother, her older brother, got married to... Heather, who was one of the leaders of the island, (laughs) got married to Heather's cousin. So they were like some kind of obscure way cousins or family in some weird way. And um, so when me and Jessica fell off, me and Heather fell off. And um, me and Mr. Three fell off. 
that that's a whole story in itself. <laughs> but what? Out of curiosity, how did he get the name Mister Three? Oh, <laughs> that's like one of the coolest names I heard because it's so mysterious. Um, he, his name, or everyone called him Trey. Mm-hmm. Trey was nowhere in his name. <laughs> his name was Edwin Thayer Edson the Third, but they called him Trey because of the third. Yeah. Sort of like, oh, so really we're just calling you three. Yeah. And so we just started calling him Mr. Three. <laughs> so, um... I told you, we were weird kids. I don't know. Man, I, I wish I had a groove like that. Because I was... I couldn't find a groove to, like, fit in for some reason. And I knew they existed, but I was... I excluded myself to the point where... If anything, that was my fault because I didn't try to mm-hmm. get involved. Um, but um, what age were you when you had Mihan? I was 18. 18. So that means you, you were coming out of high school at that point. Right. I graduated with a big old belly. <laughs> I sure did. Um, so I was 17 when I found out I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I remember that day we were such weird kids like my boyfriend at the time um he had a project to work on with um one of his physics Mm -hmm. classmates and so he had to go to walmart before he came home Mm -hmm. and by home i mean my house because that's where Everyone gathered was at our house. Yeah. Um, and I remember one day just being like, pick up a pregnancy test while you're there. Like, I yelled it across a high school parking lot. <laughs> That's not normal. Yeah. Like, what was wrong with me? I don't know. I don't know. Did you, did you know or you were just being... You were just playing around. No, I wasn't playing around. I um, I hadn't had my period in like three months, which it wasn't weird to skip a month for me because you know periods are regular anyway. Yeah. But I hadn't had my period in three months, and you know I was just having like other minor symptoms, and so yeah. I yelled across the parking lot and sure enough he got one (laughs) he got one while he was at Walmart which I'm sure was very embarrassing for a 17 year old boy yeah um but yeah it came back positive and then I was in disbelief I called all my friends and my friend Jessica Harris came over Mm -hmm. and uh, she brought like a dual pregnancy test like not a dual pregnancy test but like a dual pack mm-hmm. so I had two tests in it so she was going to take one and I was going to take one <laughs> and hers came back negative mine was positive again so I had two positive pregnancy tests and I'm 17 years old And how did your mom find out? You, did you end up telling her like that at that moment, or? Um, kind of. I went in my room and I kind of meditated for a while on how I was gonna tell her. Yeah. And um, 
my little sister uh, was around, mm-hmm. and so I told her, hey, I, you know, I said, come here, and I said, look, and she was like, are those Ariel's? Because Ariel, <laughs> Ariel was actually pregnant at the same time as I was. We found out she was pregnant maybe the week before because um she was supposed to ship off to um the army Mm -hmm. and so before you ship off they do drug tests pregnancy tests every kind of very intrusive tests and um (laughs) so they asked her she she tells the story like they asked her very nonchalant Mm -hmm. like did you have an abortion in the last six months no oh well then you're pregnant you can't go to basic and so she was like what (laughs) you know what do you mean and so she called my mom and yeah she came home yeah but um so when we found out i was pregnant i went downstairs with my pregnancy test and i sat next to my mom like i had like a big old fat grin on my face like oh my gosh you know so I just sat next to her and she's like what what do you want you know and I just showed her the pregnancy test and she was like what are you doing with Ariel's pregnancy test and I was like they're not Ariel's they're mine you know and I'm sure my mom kicked me out of the room at that point so she could digest yeah. the information. I um I don't remember a lot of my seventeenth year mm-hmm. because I took this is gonna sound really stupid, <laughs> but I took like a pill cocktail every morning of like Tylenol, Dayquil, Nyquil, everything. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was preventing myself from getting sick. Yeah. That's not what that cocktail does. It just makes you high all the time, apparently. (laughs) Because I don't remember. Like, I see pictures. Yeah. Like, from my 17th birthday. And I'm like, I don't... I don't remember that. Mm. I don't know who was there. Like, I don't remember that cake. But it says I was 17, so (laughs) there's the picture. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's hard for me to remember exactly what happened when I was telling my mom. Um, But I know it was not received well. Mm -hmm. I was meant to feel uh, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. and um, ashamed and I remember my mom making me call everyone in my family one by one and tell them that I was pregnant which was meant to be a punishment Yeah. so I felt like it was a punishment but when I told everyone on the phone they were like congratulations and then they would hear my voice and that's why I was crying Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what do you mean, congratulations? You're supposed to be mad at me like my mom is. Yeah. You know, so. 
That's I remember that. Yeah. When did, when did you tell your dad? Was he one of the family members? Or? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's funny uh, that you said that you and uh, Mary found a week apart because your daughters are literally mm-hmm. one week apart. Mm-hmm. And they were basically... It's hard. It's like they were somewhat raised as twins that lived far away. Mm-hmm. Um, because even now, they you can obviously see the, the different personalities. Mm-hmm. But the genuine... <laughs> love that they have for each other it's, it's funny hearing them argue and then hear them play yes. and then hear them argue and then hear them play but you, you get a just understanding of how, how close they are mm-hmm. um, I thought that was like so convenient because uh, I think the closest I am to one of my cousins is maybe one or two years um, I had a cousin that's the same age as me but we didn't hang out as much mm-hmm. um, but as far as did um how did uh, Miho's dad feel when you uh, when he found out? Um, at this point, we're just talking about um, Andrea's experience as a high school student. Um, I know for some it was a traumatizing um, transition, but you know, for me, like I was telling, it was like a it's like a blur. I don't remember, but uh, I just wanted to understand things from a female perspective, uh, especially hers. Just reminded me like a episode of gossip girl you know it's crazy so uh but continue to listen in to andrea's story uh episode 24 of the glory in our stories with andrea harris um i feel like he was almost indifferent i don't really remember that well Mm -hmm. but um it was just like a thing it's like okay it's here let's deal with it yeah. And I remember telling his parents because his parents actually came to my house and we had all of our four we had our four parents in the kitchen. Yeah. And you know, they were like, you know, his parents were like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Why are we here? You know, and so we told them I was pregnant and his mom immediately we're 17 years old and she's like oh well then when are you getting married (laughs) it's like um we're not yeah you know and i don't know if that's cultural because she's mexican Mm -hmm. and um so i don't know if that was a cultural thing um but she was automatically like oh when are you getting married then yeah and that really put things into perspective for me at that time because I was like, I don't want to marry him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which is insane. It's like, oh, let me have his baby, but I'm not going to marry him. I don't know. And that was, that's actually a, a teachable situation because a lot of people do believe that just because you do have a child, marriage is the next best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and some kids are put in that situation where they have to make that choice mm-hmm. and then they face the reality that you felt like I don't I don't want to marry him mm-hmm. and that's a that's a, a genuine response because that happens mm-hmm. um, so at this point you, you graduate you have a Nihon when did you enlist in the military 2010 
Um, so it was August 2010. So um, we celebrated Amihan's birthday a little early, her mm-hmm. first birthday, because I was actually going to be gone on her first birthday. And I remember being in basic and being like, oh, it's my daughter's birthday. Yeah. Um, but we did have a little birthday party for her. Mm-hmm. Before I left, so August two thousand ten. And how long were you serving before you had you had a discharge? Mm-hmm. And how, how long were you? Um, two years. Two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so Mihan was what like three when you were done? Yes. And she stayed with your mom. Um. Or she kind of bounced around. Mm-hmm. Um. She lived with. Initially, she lived with my mom, I think, and then she moved with Ariel, mm-hmm. and then she lived with Ariel for a while, so Ariel was like a stay-at-home mom with Ayana and Amihan, mm-hmm. and then when Ariel, I think when she joined the army, my, um, she... Sent Amihan back with my mom, mm-hmm. and around their third birthday is when I came home. So how were? Obviously, there was a difference between who you were before you left and after. How was within those two years? How was that that experience? Coming back home. Well, being enlisted, and um, it. Because I know the military changes in some parts, it it either enhances something mm-hmm. or takes what you have and takes it to like a make somebody be like the very far left of who they are. Yeah, so it's like a, either make or break transition. Um. Well, for me, like the whole point of basic is culture shock. Yeah. So I was culture shocked. Coming in, and then even getting to Germany, I was culture shocked. Um, like getting to my first unit, and um, like my friends that I made. Oh, I okay. I <laughs> I joined the army and went EOD, mm-hmm. and then that's like a high fail mm-hmm. school. Um, so I filled out. Yeah. And, um... What does that consist of? Because I've never heard of that. EOD? Yeah. Explosive Ordnance Disposal. Ah. So, bombs. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. And yeah. getting rid of bombs or defusing bombs. And, you know, you're mm-hmm. just supposed to know about all these different kind of ordinances. Yeah. Um... So, from that school, I went to A9 Bravo School, which is ammunition, Mm -hmm. which all of my other friends from that school went to 35 Fox School, which is where Megan was. Yeah. So, Megan actually met all of my friends from AIT, (laughs) and they were even roommates. Some of them were roommates with her. Yeah. My old roommates were her new roommates, and... Um, Megan and I were together at the time 
So it was just really frustrating that, like, right after they sent me to 89 Bravo School, they sent everybody else to be with my fiance. (laughs) And um, anyway, I did really well in 89 Bravo School. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, I got shipped to Germany. Mm. And how long were you in Germany? Two years. Two years. Okay. So the overall counting basic training is about three years, basically. Or um, like two and a half. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. So the what is it's a it's a specific phrase that people use. We the the orders that you're assigned after basic training. Mm-hmm. What is it again? Oh man. It's, it's something that they're waiting on once you're done with basic training and you receive orders to go um, as far as something occupational. AIT? Is that it? What is it? AIT? What, what does it stand for? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I have really bad memory. Oh, man. Because my cousin, she, she graduated, I think it was 17, 16. November 16th, she graduated basic training and she was waiting on her orders. And she was either going to be shipped to Virginia or somewhere else. But, anyway, that's another story. Um, so, it, how long had you and, um, had you and Megan had known each other? Uh, Megan and I met in high school. On her first day of high school, mm-hmm. um, me and my friend Jessica um, it was our sophomore year of high school Mm -hmm. so we were like oh we're big and bad we're not freshmen anymore Mm -hmm. so um, we were in JROTC and so these two girls walked in one mixed chick and one white chick just like us one mixed chick one white chick (laughs) and we were just like you come here you're now my freshman mm-hmm. and you know so they were our freshmen and yeah. um, I don't know why they accepted the position but they did <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, we've been really good friends ever since I declared her my freshman wow. and you're So that means so she was she was a freshman and you were a sophomore. Sophomore, okay. Man, that that sounds so much better <laughs> than my experience. I guess that sounds a lot more cool. Having like your own personal clique. Mm-hmm. And um because that it, within that you're enjoying your your high right. school. I did. I really did enjoy high school. And um and that's um that's rare. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's like the mo- one of the worst four years of most of our lives. Because then everything under that, you're just playing around. And when you get to high school, you're in the presence of people that's your age, but also people that's um, older, more experienced in certain other areas. Mm-hmm. So you sort of have to compete with that in a little bit. And if you're not in, you're out. So, and I was just... I remember just being so far away, but so close, and it was it was just a weird experience. But when you said that, I was like, "You made it fun. 
y'all made it fun and that was that was cool that was pretty cool um but now that you um uh, on the verge of getting married and like how how does how does this feel would you would you, would you have ever imagined that being at this point in your life like what 10 years maybe 10 years ago obviously probably not this exact uh, scenario but um no probably not um 10 years ago I was 16 so I was like maybe a junior in high school mm-hmm. and um Yeah, I probably would have never guessed that I would be marrying Megan Perry <laughs> from RTC. And that, you know, my matron of honor would be Loranda. And, you know, I just. I probably could have guessed that Loranda would have been my matron of honor, actually. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's hard, you know, to think back that far mm-hmm. to where I am now because my senior year when I got pregnant it was really bad my junior year was good yeah. I had my click and we were all good we had good times and all that um, went to rock shows and stuff like that and one of the I guess trendy things at the time was being straight edge Mm -hmm. and um, that's something we picked up from our rock shows Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like no drugs, no alcohol and I think it was supposed to actually mean no sex too but I didn't do that last part, obviously, (laughs) but I considered myself straight edge Mm -hmm. anyway, and um, so I didn't do drugs, I didn't um, drink alcohol in high school, I didn't go to high school parties like that, because that's what was going on there. I was never invited to them, because people knew that I wasn't going to partake, and then even some of my friends, my friends did it Mm -hmm. but they didn't let me know that they did it you know yeah because one day they were hanging out with someone who wasn't in our clique and i'm like what do you possibly have in common with this person Mm -hmm. and then you know later on i put the pieces together but yeah they like kept it a secret from me that they did that stuff And, um, so when I got pregnant, I guess the people that did all the drugs and alcohol or whatever they were doing, I I don't know, (laughs) whatever they were doing, they all stuck together against me. So I lost all my friends, basically. When I got pregnant, because um, my boyfriend at the time, 
he got with my ex-best friend and ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. Jessica. And since those two were like a thing, then like Lauren and Mr. Three kind of just stuck with them. And I felt like I was going crazy because I was thinking, there's no way you can twist this where I'm the bad guy. Yeah. But they did. Or they made it to where it didn't matter what I was going through. Or they were tired of hearing about it. They didn't care that I got left 17 and pregnant. Yeah. For my best friend. Wow. Like, they just didn't care. And they didn't want to hear about it anymore. So they stopped being my friend. And it got to the point where... Because I ate lunch with these people. Mm-hmm. So it got to the point where one day... I was... Um, I had my cell phone. I used to bring my lunch. And I texted one of my good friends, Fancy. And told her I was going to go eat lunch in the bathroom. Because I was just so uncomfortable at my lunch table. Wow. And... Um, she was like, oh no, I'm not going to let that happen. And so I started sitting with Fancy and Haley McCoy and all them at their lunch table. And they really like, I don't know, they took me in because I was like astray. I didn't have my click anymore. Yeah. So they like really took me in. Yeah. That's um, probably the most profound things I've heard that you rather... You'd rather rather eat in the bathroom than to have to wow. So it, has there been any attempt at reconciliation and and since you all were in high school? Was it just it just it is what it is? Um, uh, reconciliation with who? Your friends. Well, your former friends. Um, uh, well with me and Loranda, what happened was the girl Jessica actually moved in with Loranda in Colorado mm-hmm. and was like a trash roommate like she was just terrible and then she broke the lease and left halfway through the lease wow. and left Loranda with you know the full bill for the apartment and so Loranda was really frustrated with her mm-hmm. and um She would, she, I don't really remember exactly what happened, but I know that she was still friends with Mr. Three, who I was dating at the time. And we went to visit her in Colorado. And I don't know, everything just became okay because we had this mutual dislike mm-hmm. for Jessica now. Yeah. For different reasons, but. I guess Loranda decided that Jessica was a bad person too. Mm-hmm. I thought that it had to take that long for that realization to come to um, full effect. Um, uh, and it's weird because in high school, I think I've my two best friends were, were Jesus and Antoinette. But 
I uh, I felt like they were maybe more in tune with the much bigger crowd than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, their experience was a lot different than mine because they were together the entire time. But for I can I can only imagine how much weight that was on your shoulders having to sit there saying that I am now and I will be responsible for another life but to be excluded from people that I thought really cared about me mm-hmm. um, when you're that young the world is so much heavier mm-hmm. and you feel closed in and, I can, and I've seen what it can do to most girls and I know it's different for boys but um for you to have gone through that and to be where you are now, um, be on the verge of getting married and having one of the smartest young ladies as um, a daughter that yes. I've ever met. Um, very, very smart. So I can I'll say, if she's this way now, I can only imagine what she's going to be like when she gets to high school. Mm-hmm. And obviously, she'll be a lot more advanced uh, than most kids her age. And um, Yeah, she just took her gifted test at um, school. How did that go? Uh, I I won't know for a while, but I know she took the gifted test, and she mm-hmm. said only three people in her class got to take the gifted test, and she was one of them. Nice. So. That's pretty cool. And it's really surprising because she has ADHD. Yeah. And so I guess that's considered like a learning disability. Mm-hmm. And... Um, She's not medication for it, but I just never expected anyone to be able to see her potential be um because of the ADHD. Yeah. And so it really made me happy that, you know, her teachers were able to see through that mm-hmm. and see that she is just too smart for her own good. <laughs> uh there is there's some faces that she makes that reminds me of you and the pictures that you had when you, because um, Adrian showed me a few pictures when y'all were younger, and I was like, "That's that's her mom," and you can see in her facial expressions and her sometimes in the mannerisms, and um, to see that that genetic code passed on to your mm-hmm. to your kids, um, and um, I. Did at any point did she mention how she felt about you know losing her grandparents over the last few years, or is it something that has really bothered her? Amiha. Yeah. Losing my grandparents. Yes. Oh, well, um, her great grandparents. She yeah. didn't really know them. Like she, I think she was sad because we were sad, but mm-hmm. she didn't really know them. Um, I don't think they ever met other than over Skype. Yeah. And my grandmother had Alzheimer's. Yeah. So every time she would see them, she would, oh, what's their name again? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one time, Amihan had to be about four years old, three or four. And my grandmother asked, what was her name? She said, I'm Amihan. I told you that already. Mm. It's like, baby, it, you can't, yeah. you know. Mm. Hard times. So as far as 
Because we have like one minute left. Now an hour is never enough. Because <laughs> I just hate this. But it's just, it just gives people um, a glimpse of... Because you... And I'll, and I'll say this, because I, I, I mean this. And I, and I think and it bothers me in a sense. Because I've been around other people who are... Um, for lack of a better term, extremely homophobic. Mm-hmm. And especially in the Christian community. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a big no now. Mm-hmm. But I'm, the thing about you and, and Megan is that you all are two of the like coolest people that I've ever met. And that's all I see. Mm-hmm. And just like my best friend's Mexican, but he's never been Mexican to me. I didn't know. Like it's, it's not evident that he's Mexican until he goes home and I see his mom and his mom uh, speak Spanglish or she speaks oh, okay. Spanish and I'm like okay and then I hear the music and then his see his grand his uh, aunts and his cousins and I'm like yes he is Mexican but when he's when it's us he's just Jesus mm-hmm. and with uh, with you all it's um, in the church which um, which really bothers me you have to be of a certain criteria to be accepted and to see you all and to see how much not only do you love each other you love a miha you know that's a as a collective um emotion a collective understanding that you don't see many in many other um family dynamics mm-hmm. um but i've never i've had encounter i always thought for growing up that i was like this is a bad thing but Noticing myself and the things that and who I am and how I can consider myself and I look back on everything that I've been through and I'm like who are you to judge not only judge but if you take what you do or you take who you are and you try to utilize that and people utilize that to put a coating around you and prevent themselves from actually getting to know who you are that is a problem and I can only imagine when people get approached to something that they don't understand, they automatically look at you as something less than a human being. Mm-hmm. And that that filter can be so thick that you miss out on your story. So, because I, eventually I do want to speak to Megan because she's, <laughs> the way she speaks sometimes, that she was not exposed to a lot of stuff that we were. Right. Uh, I remember mentioning, um, I think it was Mortal Kombat, and and we mentioned something else that she never really had a chance to get into because of um, how she was raised. Right. And uh, but for as much as I, for as long as I've known you all over the last few years, uh, my most fond memory that I never forget. It was so funny because it was evident that uh, you are indeed. Uh, Adrian's sister I think it was her 27th <laughs> or 28th birthday I think I might have got the number wrong um, but I walked in and it was the first time that I bought her a, a cupcake from um, Barnes and Noble and as soon as I walked in nobody said anything but you did you said she can't eat that and I was like oh yeah because she's diabetic but nobody it's but you care you cared enough to to um, shed light on her condition and saying, oh, she can't eat that because you that's your sister. You obviously know her. Mm-hmm. And you always interact. And I tell her all the time, 
you all's interaction warms my heart. And the reason being is because my sisters really didn't start <laughs> clicking until they got older. Um, but that love is there. That relationship is there. And that's what I see with you and Megan. You all's interaction, how you handle certain situations. Uh, obviously, y'all agree and disagree, but you all still come in the middle. Mm -hmm. And it's that, um, that relationship that not a lot of people have. And it's pleasing to see that you find somebody in your life to share that with, yeah. regardless of I preferences. And um, I, 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 from what I heard, y'all, y'all been together for a while. Y'all known each other for a while, so y'all grew up together. And yeah. I thought that was. Um, she was on my drill team in ROTC. And that was, and and y'all share that that experience as well, and that's very pivotal, in in a relationship living life together that's what Adrian would call it and I never paid attention to that because with her our lives have been very parallel and it didn't make sense to me until I gotten older and with you all your lives have been very parallel mm -hmm. even though you come from different backgrounds um, and ironically you're both <laughs> um, biracial yeah and that experience in itself has its own uh, dynamics and, and layers um, but I, I will ask you this before I let you go. I know that here in Augusta there is a Filipino community. Yes. Do you have? Do you find yourself having to choose? Because I've asked this Adrian and everybody that I've met that is biracial. Do you have? Do you find yourself having to choose a side, or do you find that it's relatable to either one, or you just where you are? Um. I used to choose, mm -hmm. um, and I always chose Filipino, yeah. because we're in the South, and people don't like black people, yeah. so I always chose Filipino, and I'll never forget one time in the Army, when I got to Germany, you know, this one guy, he was from Florida, so he, he knew all about biracial people, mm -hmm. so he asked me, you know, you know, what are you? And I was like, oh, I'm Filipino. And he goes, yeah, and what else? And I looked at him like, what do you mean, what else? Nothing else. Yeah. Except for, really, I am half black. Mm -hmm. But you're not supposed to know that, you know. <laughs> and so I used to choose. And I, um, I had a group of friends, and we were all, except for Lauren. Lauren was... Um, full Filipino but mm -hmm. uh, we were all biracial and half Filipino oh wow yeah so that was just kind of our group for a while were they were their parents in the military as well or they just... yes oh cool yep and how is how are things with uh, you still communicate with your dad often or no 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 I'm pretty terrible at keeping in touch with him, but um, this is this is the way it is. No, uh, well, because as a teenager, you remember that movie, The Butterfly Effect? Yes. Yeah. So I was thinking. I always thought if a little minor event can change the course of your whole life, then a big event is like. 
catastrophically changes your life. Yeah. I didn't like my life as a teenager. It wasn't that bad looking back at it. But yeah. living it, I, yeah. I just, I hated it. And I blamed my dad for that because had he not been a terrible husband to my mother, then yeah. we could have had this family unit and my life would just be totally different. Yeah. I blamed him for the state of my life because mm-hmm. of the butterfly effect. Yeah. Like that quote at the beginning of the movie, you know. Which one was it? It's like, uh, I don't know, some something like some people believe that a flap of a butterfly's wings can cause a monsoon. Yeah. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. So something really minor like that can change the course of your life. Yeah. Hmm. So a major event. In my mind, a major event majorly changed the course of your life so i blamed him for that and so ever since i was a teenager i didn't really keep in contact with him mm-hmm. um and getting older i just i never had the relationship so it's not something i'm working towards although i should mm-hmm. because you know, one day he's not going to be here for me to build that relationship with. Yeah. So. So, yeah. That's a realization that I had to come to. Because uh, at one point I didn't. I hated him. Like, I I would use the, the you know, people say, you shouldn't hate your parents. I hate anyone. But I, I hated him. I hated him because of what he did. The effect that he had on my mom and my sisters mm-hmm. and I'm, as adults I definitely see it now but like you said one day I won't be able to just pick up the phone and call them or hear his voice and um, even mom said and she says it more now that we're um, older she said when you start having kids like when you have your child your first child and you're not as close to your father as you should you're going to wish he was there and at that moment I'm like you talking about but she said when you have kids you'll understand and um but yeah I could uh I can relate to that but one thing that I do commend your uh, your mom is this 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 strong willness that all four of you have uh it's no sign of weakness I mean it's I honestly believe that if it was strictly up to you all everything would get done like you if something happens (laughs) you take it it's okay what do we do from this point on like regardless we're moving forward Mm -hmm. and i see that in all of you and um this is a an idea that is becoming more and more um dominant in modern women and it's it's amazing you're not just um uh, lovers you're you're fighters as well and a lot of men assume that you can't do both. I mean, actually, you can. And you all are examples of that. So um, it, it always pleases me to see uh, that um, aspect in the midst of you all. And to have to realize that all of that branched down, no, branched up from your grandparents. From, oh, yeah. And your mom's parents. And um, 
it's good to see that that has been continuously passed on through you all. Um, but for the sake of time, we'll have to, um, unfortunately, end this episode. Um, I could, I would want to dig more, but I, <laughs> but I, I just think that um, you're always naturally laid back. Yes. Like I've never seen you, never seen you flustered, and I know that if if I do, it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm off of medication. Well, that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because I can tell when Amihan is. Now I can. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. But she's still, she's, she's still silly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to tell, but at times I can. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't hinder you all from, I guess, what they would call living a normal life. Because um, both of y'all are sharp as a tack. And it's fun to see that, like I said, passed on from your you know, your parent. So, um, but yeah, I guess next I have to eventually interview uh, Megan, which will be your your other half uh, pretty soon. Uh, but thank you for your time. No problem. And uh, I've been wanting to, uh, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while because I've, I've heard bits and pieces of your story within the midst of our conversations, but I never would have thought of that because I'm so used to seeing things from Adrian's point of view because mm-hmm. um, apparently she was very mean back then. And that's so hard to believe. <laughs> that's so hard to believe because she's, like, she's slightly different now. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that older sister mentality, I, I, I understand that because that's how my sister was. And um, whenever I hear about Nisi's experiences, I'm like, yep, that was, that was me. Like yeah. I didn't, people, my sisters would tell me something, oh, whatever, I, I do what I want to do. I still sort of do that now, but now I got to the point where I would literally ask them for their advice and I would I would take it because they they're a lot more experienced than I am so um, but yeah Um, one more question so what's 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 the plan for the next year as far as uh, because I know you get married in June Mm -hmm. so what's coming what's going to happen as um, time progresses on and it gets closer for closer towards the time for Megan to come back home um there's no real, like, concrete plans. Mm-hmm. Um, after the wedding, we plan to save. Yeah. Because so much money is going towards the wedding. We're thinking that if we put all the effort we put are putting towards the wedding and put it towards our debts and put it towards our savings, mm-hmm. then we could be doing very well very yeah. soon yeah and um so by 2019 we want to start looking at expanding our family yeah whether that be adoption or um me having a baby oh yeah that's so cool so me home i have a sibling Yes, and she's really excited about it. She wants me to adopt. She already wants me to adopt two people her age. Mm-hmm. And um, Megan wants a baby. So, <laughs> I don't really care. I just want to expand my family. Yeah. We could do both, really. 
Yeah. And you already have two additional uh, babies, well, big furry babies. Um, oh, yeah. They are babies, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, that would be um, Iroh and um, Yue. Yue. Big, big babies. Both both are pit bulls, right? Yep. Um, Iroh has like the coolest eyes, and but he has like the soft. For me, he has the softest heart. Mm-hmm. And um, Yue is just. I don't think she understands how big she is. Right. Um, I think I came <laughs> over like a day ago, and she pushed me over like a kid, and just. <laughs> but it, it thrills me to see that excitement, and now, um. um Iro was a uh, you adopted Iro right, mm-hmm. and for a dog to come into a home and feel like it's home, and you see the change in in their um, characters, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's very warming, and I th- I think people underestimate the power of love giving uh, to animals and the difference because when she, what you give them they give right back to you. Oh yeah. And most of the time they give it to you regardless because that's all they know. Mm-hmm. And that's all they're capable of doing, uh, which is a great example of how love should be uh, given regardless. So it's pretty cool seeing that. But um, thank you all for listening. Uh, again, this is episode 24 of Glory in Our Stories with uh, Andrea Harris. Mm-hmm.